music lovers. Welcome to Wax Chatty with D Muck and Taddy, where three pals listen to an album, then come together and discuss the dang thing. What the heck is an album? An album is a collection of audio recordings issued on compact disc, vinyl, audio tape, or another medium such as digital distribution. Nice! All of our selections can be found on Apple Music, Spotify, Discogs, even in your local record store if you fancy doing some crate digging. In the beginning of 2021, the Muck and Taddy duo started this exploration. And after we had nearly 50 albums under our belts, we brought in Deanna, and it morphed into a podcast for you so that we could share our blinding brilliance. Come and get on the bus with us while we wax lyrical about wax. So let's grip it and rip it, people. I got it. <laughs> Welcome to Wax Chatty with D-Muck and Taddy. We're glad to have you back. All right, so this week's pick was chosen by Muckety Moo. <laughs> yes, indeed. This week he picked Gina Birch. I play my bass loud. That is not the bass. Bass, bass, bass. You got me doing it. Yeah, Gina Birch, uh, I play my bass loud. It was released in February of this year on the 24th. It, she was part of this fantastic post-punk band, The Raincoats, along with a woman named Anna Da Silva, and it formed in 1997, uh, 1977, excuse me. <laughs> Kurt Cobain actually wrote about The Raincoats. Kurt Cobain of Nirvana fame wrote about The Raincoats and the liner notes to the Nirvana album, Insecticide, and his love for the band helped them get their first three albums back into print. And the band was supposed to open for Nirvana, but Cobain's sudden death brought that hope to a halt. Gina lives in North London, England, with her Who's Band. And I Play My Bass Loud is her debut solo album at age 67. <laughs> wow. I mean, Third Man Records is the label. And one of the producers is Martin Youth Glover, who is one of the founders of Killing Joke, which is the loud, one of the loudest bands I've ever listened to. It's been said that the album is adventurous and collaborative and vibrant and furious. I mean, it's kind of a party for an underappreciated instrument. <laughs> So uh, we're going to try something new this week um, And hey D, hey Tats You ready for some track talk, huh? Track talk Great record store by the way Tracks And uh, Deanna's going to lead us off Yeah, the opening tune I play my bass loud I thought it was a great opening yeah, There's so much going on here, you know Because the, the whole album itself is influenced i hear the sounds of the world music and the reggae that the raincoats also had in this you kind of get a little taste of what's going to be happening later i dug it a lot there's also like a really strong chick vibe of uh you know are you ready for this i mean yeah. they've got five female bassists on this track yeah Jean bradley emily el hodge helen Best fucking name I've heard in a while. Helen McCookery Book and Jane Crawford of the Modettes, uh, who had put an album out back in the 70s as well. Only one. I thought, wow, why is she doing different sounds of each uh, bass as it goes along? And then, and then it was subsequent that I realized, oh, it's not just different basses. It's different people because the bass lines do. It seems like they take turns in the song. I, it's just so fun. 
Yeah, that blew me away once I realized that. <laughs> I was like, oh, all right. I mean, and the first couple of chords were just like, oh, yeah, what are we in store for? Yeah, yeah, right. What The whole album, you know, it's like, great, great, bring it, bring it. Exactly. And there's something about her. Reminds me a little bit of Betsy. Like if Betsy Johnson picked up a bass, I don't know, just for me. I just think she's just so neat. And also she had when she went to school and um, met Anna Da Silva, I believe, in college. Hornsey College of Art which doesn't exist anymore. In 1970, she went there. Oh, well, I know they were doing visual arts and I kind of really see that. I, I see the album. I mean, it sounds like I'm doing some really great drugs there, but no, it's, uh, I see that almost like the album in a way is like a beautiful hodgepodge of all these different influences. You know, the album cover, she's a painter um, and she also did this small film of her screaming for three minutes. And that is a painting of her, of a still from the film is the cover of the album of her screaming for three minutes in the mirror. <laughs> oh my God, I didn't know. Ah. <laughs> yeah, they were living in a squat at the time. Her, her, her and classmates, and one of the classmates was uh, Anna De Silva. Can I just uh, read a quick quote? She gave this interview now, but she talked about that time. Uh, I fell into a little enclave of what would be punk, I suppose. Uh, she met De Silva, who is from Portugal. We also lived with two boys who were friends with the Clash's roadie. So we started to going lots and lots of gigs. The Sex Pistols, The Clash, Subway Sect, The Bu Buzzcocks, just so many bands. And they were just fantastic. It was electric. Of course, one of the bands that she also saw was The Slits, which became uh, very influential to Gina, and it was. she says that that was one of the reasons she really decided to pick up a bass. Deanna, what about track two? All right. I felt like I was listening to a Pink Floyd album when I got this, you know, and then it happened, which to me is a setup for the song afterwards. I loved it. It reminded me of The Wall and that beautiful quality that connects all the songs together in such a way. And it goes from like being kind of depressed, feeling that kind of, there's a sadness to the song, but then it takes you and it leads you to be go going from, you know, I wish I was you to then. Oh my God. Uh, and then it happened is just like the slow build to the holy moly rock out bounciness. Thurston Moore of Sonic Youth is on this song, Wish I Was You, which oh, is the most played song on the album on Spotify, because <laughs> uh, it is sense. a crazy rock and roll song. It's amazing. Abs absolutely. And then it morphs into, and these like little sci-fi bits that she has, like, you know, that she, they've dubbed into this little samplers that goes into Big Mouth, which song totally cracks me up it's now we're all upset because you opened your big fucking mouth you gossipy brat i mean the song is actually kind of trippy true <laughs> it's kind of fun yes <laughs> she told me she asked me not to tell you that she told me and then i told you but when i told you i asked you not to tell her that i told you and then you told her that i told you and then she told me that you told her that i told you now we're all upset. Now we're all upset. It's so great. That's literal. It's just brilliant. <laughs> yeah, it's great. It's uh, simple and yet incredibly witty. I had to listen to it a few times and go, okay, so who was telling <laughs> and what, who heard what, you know, it's great. Yeah. It's such a great fun song, which morphs into what? <laughs> <laughs> 
Bill. I just want to hear you say the title of the song. Uh, Pussy Riot. Great <laughs> Pussy Riot. By the way, Pussy Riot is uh, written by uh, Ms. Birch and also Helen McCollum, uh, AKA Helen McCookery Book, uh, who plays on four other uh, songs on the album, but she gets writing credits on this. Pussy uh, Riot! You know, she loves dub. Gina loves dub. And this is a classic dub song it reminds me of Augusto Pablo but it is a very serious subject talking about and honoring the Russian band Pussy Riot I love one of the lines after the first are still in chains there's a line that says it's our duty to fight for those who are still in change and after the first time she says that line the song kind of breaks down into chaos and it goes into this you know crazy produced sound of all the different instruments, the electronic instruments. And then this heavy metal guitar comes in and then that guitar kind of morphs into this crunchy guitar. And then she goes back to that reggae chorus, yeah. which is the barking mad line, which has this kind of beautiful little melody. So in the middle of this rage and serious talk, there's also this nice, hooky little melody that's part of the chorus, which I find a lot in the album. There's a lot of contrasts and kind of opposites, if you will. Uh, the song is about anger, but, oh, it doesn't sound angry, but it well, is. What, what's interesting is that I read in a few different places that she had these songs for quite a while. Yeah. Add lyrics and add a word over the years. And so she was really working on the words yeah. of this. And of course, the music. I always I thought that I thought that was great that this wasn't just I did this album in uh, you know sixteen months or something. Yeah. I've been working on this for years. Maybe I'm biased because I'm an old man, but it does sound to me that this is a a mature artist at work. <laughs> and certainly, seven is, is that mature? <laughs> she knows what the, she's doing. One of the signs of a mature artist is you know you work on something for a while. You don't just go with your first draft. And still, there is that playful. Yeah. Childlike, awesome. Yeah. I am a woman. Hear me roar, and I'm Absolutely. gonna like smoke a bowl while I do it, or drink a really, you know. <laughs> that brings up something. That, yeah. yeah. So the next song, "I Am Rage," does the same thing, and what I mean by it does the same thing: serious subject, rage, but it has the the song itself has a contrasting sound. To me, it sounds like the Ronettes or uh, the Shirelles. In a you know, a taste. The rhythm has a doom. Dum, 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 which is it kind of echoes that but it is talking about woman rage and i have this uh, all the songs from goodfellas uh, crazy imaginative <laughs> uh thing of okay so this is what the subtext of all those 60s girls bands was you know i'm the ronettes and i'm doing this you know boyfriend's back or whatever but underneath it it is fuck you all you fucking assholes you know there's rage <laughs> underneath it um, i don't think phil Spector produced this album <laughs> no no he did not yeah. he would have liked to shoot some people oh <laughs> oh! <laughs> oh no you didn't and you know i'm sorry guys i just really love this album so much one thing that it shows me i don't usually like synthesizer sounds but maybe what i don't like is people that use synthesizer song sounds badly 
because this is so imaginative. There's yeah. so much going on. Totally. And the synthesizer sounds, you know, add. They're not gratuitous. I would call the Pussy Riot and this uh, dubbing. I thought she, Pussy Riot was very reggae. Yes. Instead of dub. Yeah, yeah. They, and and the, the style is dub, which is talking. Did you hear about her uh, picking up the bass when she, she decided, okay, maybe I do want to play. And then she bought a bass, but she didn't know how to play. And she listened to Toots and the Maytals over and over again. No, that's great. Uh, yeah, she, she learned bass from to listening to a Toots and the Maytals album. I picture her in a squat in London, listening to Toots and the Maytals, trying to figure it out. And then Anna De Silva came home and was like from Portugal. She's like, oh, you, you play? I didn't know that. I play guitar. And they started jamming and they... It was Dukes and the Maytals doing John Denver's Country Roads. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a great story. I absolutely love that. I, I, just, that. I see so much of that. Reggae has influenced so much of that, yeah. that era, that music culture. Like when I think of the police, how they were influenced. English beat. Yeah. So it was, that's, that's a great story though. The English beat are playing near here. So then I looked on who they were and it's like, wait, it's not the English beat. It's a band that calls itself the English beat that has like, they're like English beat adjacent, but they do English beat songs. I have a, I have a buddy of mine that, is, that I said I was going to go see the Pet Shop Boys New Order uh, concert. He goes, that's not New Order. I was like, what are you talking about? He goes, well, Peter Hook isn't part of it. And I, I was like, I got there and we were on the floor at the garden. You couldn't tell. <laughs> you couldn't. First of all, you couldn't see. You know, and it's like the music is so loud. It was great. How do? You, how would you know? <laughs> you know. Oh, it's not the same riff that Hook would have played. Not the same hook that Hook would have played. It's just like ridiculous. <laughs> anyway, Diana, tell us about your favorite shoes. <laughs> I'll oh, never, ever wear stilettos. And I probably wouldn't because I would probably fall and break my ankle, but that's a whole other conversation. This song, I, that was perfect when I happened to randomly pick this and you got this song. I was like, yes! Because <laughs> everyone knows I need to be wrapped in bubble wrap. Um, <laughs> yes, I loved it. It took me three listens to really, really get into it. Because again, it was another uh, slower of the songs. It wasn't my favorite on the album, but the feminist take on those stilettos which it she hits more even towards the end, toe deforming, which yes. I love the way she puts those, they're almost whispers, little, you know, oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> things yeah, in the yeah, background. That, that, and that. there's that list of, oh, long legs. And, and it's true because you think about the culture that, I mean, yeah, they, they look great, but you think about the culture where the wearing the corsets super, super tight and getting the stilettos. So it's all about the woman looking great and having like a 17 inch waist, which is not great. It's like totally not normal. And these long, long legs and they can't walk. And yes, they are toe deforming. That's why I, I can't wear high heels. Um, but then she's like, yes, give me my Doc Martens. Which my I white Polish waitressing shoes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> which, you know, you see them right there in your mind right away. Why are they Polish? <laughs> that I don't know. I is it white I, Polish or white Polish? I could have sworn she said Polish. I think, I, I think it's her accent. It's po It's Polish. It's Polish. I yeah, I thought I thought it was. But no, Polish. no, you're right. It sounds like it is. I don't know if it's her accent. She mispronounces it a little. But I was like, what are white Polish? Oh, Polish. That's what I, I was like. I was like, okay, white, white Polish. White Polish makes more sense. <laughs>
because you know those those green German waiter shoes. I don't. <laughs> and then she has up her her lace up. Oh, they're Germaine shoes. Sorry, I didn't. <laughs> but there is menace in this song too. Oh, yeah. You know? Oh yeah. That, that it's like okay, not only do we want you to look good, ladies, but we also don't want you to be able to run away from us when we might want to do something violent. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So and I, ending with those menacing footsteps. Clearly a man oh. designed those high heels. <laughs> and, and it was a good chunk of time in the song hearing those footsteps. Yeah. Yeah. And it really gives a picture in the head immediately yep. of someone doing the catwalk. Immediately, I think of myself and I'm like, oh, ow, God, <laughs> you know, like a tree falling in the woods. I dug it immensely, but it just took me a little because it was really kind of slow getting into it compared to some of the other songs on the album. Then, despite having deformed toes, she kicks off the stilettos <laughs> and then all of a sudden she's dancing like a demon. <laughs> wow, chicka bow, uh, with dance like a demon. And again, I heard this Pink Floyd kind of thing. In my mind, that's what it evoked. Uh, I loved this song. It has this sweeping, rhythmic, very trippy vibe. And she's finding her way out, breaking free from all of that bullshit. I mean, I don't know about you guys. I've definitely been guilty of late, late at night, bottle in hand, self-pity, feeling sorry for myself, dancing around. This is not dancing like a demon in celebration. This is something bad happened and I've got my face pressed against some glass. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. And this and the second song, and then it happened. I found this sense of empathy, absolutely, where I was like, oh, I've been there. That there sucks. But then I made it out, you know? And so there is a lot of hope, even though there's a lot of fugue state bullshit going on. Yeah. I woke up Friday morning. So seven o'clock in the morning, construction sound right outside the window. And I start listening to this album again. And I'm like kind of going through the tracks that I need to listen to and, you know, and digging down. Another yeah. reggae riff, stop with all the noise. You're screwing up my life, you bastard construction workers. And I said, <laughs> you know, New York City will be a great place if they ever finish building it. <laughs> oh my God, that's a great, is that is that a quote from somewhere or is that you? <laughs> I don't remember where I read it. Yeah, it's the um, architect said it. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I love this song. And it's absolutely true of shut up. Stop doing this at seven o'clock in the morning. I've never understood construction. I've never worked construction, but they always have to do all the work first thing in the morning so that they can piss off at noon and not well, do any that? work. <laughs> if they worked from seven till when it gets dark, then you go, okay, okay. You want to get a full day in, but then you're like at like 1230, they're not really working anymore they're in the bar <laughs> they're drinking down they go from digging down to drinking down <laughs> anyway i thought this was a, a, a yeah. very metropolis song <laughs> this yeah. is not a song that you is like for the suburbs <laughs> well and that must be i mean london same thing right they're yeah. rebuilding yeah. london right next to you the feminist song that comes after it this woman is a godmother of feminist rock one of the lyrics is like, when you ask me if I'm a feminist, I say to hell with powerlessness, to hell with loneliness. Damn all those people putting women down. 
why the hell would I not be? Yeah, why the hell would I not be? It's just great. Oh. Well, and she like emphasizes hell. Why the hell would I not be? And it's so it's so good. I I love those two songs kind of back to back. I love her voice. Yeah, I'm a huge fan of this album. Um, I will definitely listen to it more. Uh, Bill, I know you got one uh, to talk about. Can I just say one thing about the that song is I love. I literally laughed out loud at the line. Uh, the actual words are, oh yeah, when the drugs kick in, I out. Yes, I laughed so hard. But the little chuckle she does on, oh yeah, I laughed out loud. So Let's Go Crazy is the final song. To me, it it it, it has such an uplift to it, but it's an uplift that isn't with rose-colored glasses, you know? All the challenges that she's enumerated in the album before that are still there, but there is a sense of we're going to get better or our time is coming soon. As it says in the lyrics, I it's very bass forward, you know, her bass is right in the mix, right up front, and I want a bass now. What's the what? title of the album? Yeah, right. I play my bass loud and it does. Wow. It's, Captain it's Obvious cool. has struck again. The bass is right up front. <laughs> and if you are looking for a song to dance around in, in your underwear, early in the morning with a cup of coffee, I can heartily recommend uh, Let's Go Crazy. That's so funny. I didn't think that at all. I was like, this song is not a Let's Go Crazy song. This is like... Well, that's she plays against the grain. She doesn't play it on the nose. Right. But it's like, I am rage. It's not an angry yep. song. The lyrics are angry, but the melody is not. Let's go crazy. Yeah. It's not crazy. It's just like, okay. <laughs> oh, <ho>. yeah. <laughs> um, I, I do. Crazy. But it is it is very danceable. Every time I listen to it, it would Pandora to fucking Big Joni. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. That's funny. It, it would go directly right. to Big Joni, who are huge uh, admirers of hers, as is Slater Kenny and Bikini Kill and... Taddy, this was kind of a follow-up to Big Joni. Yeah. When, when I read about this, I've had this article since it, the album came out from the times that I've held on to. And you did Big Joni, and so it kind of it kind of flipped. Yeah. This is actually punk. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it shows also that punk is not necessarily uh, fast and loud and just a few chords. It can be complicated. It can have dub. Uh, it's the attitude and um, something else that's ephemeral that makes something punk. Bingo. Huge thumbs up for this album. I'll definitely yeah. listen to it. She's a mother. She adopted two kids uh, in 2000 and 2003 uh, from China. In fact, the video for Wish I Was You was done by her eldest daughter. And it sounds like she would just been such a fun mom to have. She's really something. Boy, do I want to see her. I'm happy that I got to be able to listen to this album because I don't think I would have if it hadn't been suggested by you, Mac. And also I got to, cause you had discussed like, okay, check out the raincoats and learn a little bit of, and I hadn't listened to them before. Did and, you listen to some of the raincoats albums? Yes. And can yeah, I just, great. oh my God. And I was, I love the song Lola yeah. and to hear them <laughs> play that and sing it. And I played that so many times. I mean, I, I just love that song, whether you're talking about the Kinks, whether you're talking about Robert Palma, 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 Palma. Palma. <laughs> Robert Palmer. Uh, yeah, you think that, that you think that video will get much play anymore? Probably not, but I'll tell you, man, I got to see him in concert. <laughs> how, how could it not be? It's simply irresistible. 
oh, but I loved their version and it was just so groovy. You know, that album, the first album, it, I, I really enjoy. The second album is completely different. It's a totally different band. That's amazing because I didn't get an opportunity to listen to that. I, I know, we're, and I'm I'm sorry to talk about other. I'm not sorry. I'm talking about it anyway. Um, sorry, not sorry. Um, sorry, not so sorry. Also, one thing that she did with Helen McCookery book was make a movie. Remember the the uh, stories from the She Punks that came out in 2018. I definitely want to see that. It sounds like they literally drove around England finding members of. Their, their cohorts and other female bands. And then also Helen, Helen McCookery book also made a documentary called Here to Be Heard, which is about the band The Slits. It looks like it's on Amazon. I just love the uh, name The Slits. The Juicy Peach Fuzzes opened up for them. <laughs> I'm giving this huge thumbs up. And I'm going to give it a double thumbs up. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> and <laughs> next time's album is called songs of our native daughters it's by the group our native daughters it was released on smithsonian folkways in early 2019 nice one yay okay people that's a wrap thank you for listening to the wax chatty podcast if you enjoyed what was in your ears please rate us and leave us a comment on spotify or apple and share this dude with your homies We'd love to hear your thoughts, be nice now, and look forward to rapping about our next selection. Stay tuned. Good night, John Boy. <laughs> <laughs> Good night, John Boy. <laughs> <laughs>